This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we actually have Shalon Travis on, and we're going to be talking about becoming veteran hiring friendly, which is a great topic uh, right here as we almost celebrate Memorial Day, but also as we think about veterans in general as a part of our, you know, diverse excuse me, our diversity and inclusion uh, strategy or overall strategy and think about high, uh, veterans as a part of that. So why don't we, um, why don't we start with introductions? Uh, Shalon, I know you work for uh, Lindmark. If you want to introduce both yourself and also introduce Lindmark. Uh, most definitely. Well, thanks for having me today, um, William. My name is Shalon Travis, and I am the VP of Talent Acquisition at Lenmark Financial Services. I have been with Lenmark since 2013. I was initially hired as a contract employee to build the applicant tracking system. And to my benefit, I was offered a full-time role on the HR team that transitioned into my new role. Um, I have held probably four positions prior to my VP title. Um, Lendmark is a lending company, a household lender, and we provide loans to those that may not be able to get loans from traditional bank platforms, and even those that are. Um, we're um, an event lender, and we, we're here for our customers. We have a lot of repeat customers, and we focus on building relationships with our customers to meet their life needs. Love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I love from people that, that when they convert from contract to full-time, just because, you know, they're starting out with one kind of designation and then kind of moving into the organization. And you've, you've done several things at the organization. I love, I love hearing stories like that. Let's, uh, let's start with uh, some basic things as it relates to veterans. Tell me about your own personal experience with, with veterans and what motivates you to, you know, to support hiring them. Um, sure. So my dad was actually in the army from 1976 to 1980. Um, and my son was actually active duty in the army from 2016 to 2020. Um, and he is currently an active um, National Guard member. And he is in Bosnia on a relief assignment right now. And he is hopefully going to be coming back to the States on June 18th. That'd be fantastic uh, to have him back. So this, this, I mean, this is personal on some level that uh, you've got ties to veterans. So you understand, you know, kind of what they go through and then the acclimation back, you know, into or integration into corporate, the corporate world from the military. You've seen it with your own eyes uh, in a couple different ways. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about Lindmark. What have you, you what have you done at Lindmark and uh, to support veteran hiring? And I know you'll have a veterans integration program, so you can tell us a little bit about that as well. Sure enough. So our veterans integration program, which I will be referring to as our VIP program, was actually revamped in 2015. Um, we were asked by our head of HR, Paulette Jones and I, who is currently the AVP of HR program management to help to refresh the program so that we are more veteran and veteran spouse friendly mm-hmm. um, to help support those that serve our country. Um, since then, we have been committed to our veteran hiring initiatives by doing a ton of uh, entering into many different partnerships and creating a ton of internal um, resources for our vets as well as our vet spouses. Um, we actually have created relationships with ESGR um, as well as Vetland. Atlanta, where John Phillips um, actually is the vice president and co-founder. We have probably over 115 active veterans um, within our workforce today. Um, In addition, year over year, we have hired seven to eight percent veterans um, for our external hiring initiatives. So a twofold question. One is, because uh, you, you've, you've seen both sides of this, so you, I think yes. you can speak to this. Is the hardest part for veterans kind of converting or integrating and entering into the corporate world? What have you, what have you just, and even if it's anecdotally, what have you seen as their, kind of their, their biggest ch- challenges or hurdles? So it's definitely a transition from military life to civilian life. And one of the things that we did early on is that we researched the MOS codes and we worked with different veteran um, friendly organizations to help um, connect those MOS codes to our jobs here at Lindmark. Um, I think that one of the most difficult challenges that we find with those transitioning to civilian life, especially the ones that's pretty tenured um, in the military, is that, you know, they've been dedicated to fighting our country for so long that they don't know where to begin. You know, let's just face it. Oftentimes, people that go into the military, they go in um, young and they think that they're going to um, make a career of being in the military, but then life happens, right? Something happens that they say, okay, they may get injured. um, You know, they job may go away. Um, They may not have any other military resources. So in those instances, they look to transition to civilian life. And I think one of the biggest ways that we could say thank you for their service is to help them transition as easy as possible. And Limock is definitely dedicated to doing that. And, you know, in partnering with different veteran groups that land to recruit military, um, military spouses, um, we have worked to help ease the transition as they're going into civilian life as well as entering um, the workforce here at Lindmark. So before the next question, I need to go back and give you kudos and Lindmark kudos because you you talked about, uh, and you did it deliberately, I hope, uh, you talked about veterans and spouses, you know, veterans and, and their families. And I, I, first of all, I just love that sentiment because 
you know, like your son's serving right now and he's, he's served actively for four years. Well, you, you technically you were serving too, <laughs> unbeknownst to you, you were also going through it, you know, as a mother, you were going through it as well. You know, it's, we don't talk about that enough that we talk about the veteran, you know, something, somebody that's coming out of the Marines or Navy or whatever. And we talk about that person almost singularly, but I really like the fact that you've, you've broadened that by thinking about the spouses and families. So a, thank you for getting us, making us aware of just thinking a little bit more inclusively about not just the veteran, which is important, obviously, uh, but also thinking about their ecosystem. You know, William, I think that that is most times overlooked. Um, The restless nights uh, that the military spouses and their families have as their loved ones are serving our country. Um, and, And just the fact of not being able to get up every day and hug your loved one's neck or give them a a kiss on a cheek or even to hear their voice to say, I love you. I'm thinking of you and thank you. We oftentimes, um, you know, veterans go overlooked. And one of the things that we wanted to do, Paulette and I, when we started our new VIP program, is that we wanted to recognize um, veterans, veteran spouses, as well as their caretakers, because they also are serving actively and they're making a lot of sacrifices by caring for the family that's left behind. I love that. I also love that you made the acronym VIP. Uh, again, intentional, I'm, I'm assuming, but but it also, you know, these are people that went and uh, chose to serve our country and uh, they are VIP, VIPs. We might not think of them that way in our daily life, but they are. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, the other side of that question I asked before was, was, you know, the hardest part for veterans and their integration, you know, into corporate world. What are some of the barriers for, you know, for TA and HR when they're trying or thinking about hiring veterans? Is it a, is it a language? Is it transferable skills? Is it, you know, intentionality and just reaching out to that community? Like, what do you, what do you think of some of the barriers that we as a community, you know, HR and TA need to kind of overcome to do a better job of being more veteran friendly and hiring? Great question, William. I'm I'm going to tell you, I think that we have to be more open-minded. I think mm. that veterans have proved over and over again their versatility, their ability to um, be disciplined enough to learn um, and dedicate their time to learning um, any skill. So I think that when looking at a transition transitioning veterans resume that you have to look for the transferable skill set, right? If they were um, in charge of personnel or um, a sergeant in the military, um, they have management skills, right? They're able to manage um, not only individuals, but they're also able to manage projects. So I think that as talent acquisition professionals, one of the things that we could truly do is to learn more about the MOS codes and the jobs that people are doing when they're active duty. And then looking at your own job descriptions and trying to find out ways that you could help them transition into your workforce. Do you think we as an industry, again, not Lenmar in particular, but as an industry, do you think we think of veterans 
as a spoke of diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, equality? Do we do we do we do that either enough or at the level that you'd like for us to? Um, I think we're getting better. William, we have come a long way in supporting our transitioning veterans, but I think we still have a long way to go. Um, The fact that someone could serve our country and then come back and transition into civilian life and not have a job is mind boggling to me, right? Uh, The fact that they showed enough discipline to um, fight for whatever um, cause at that time, but then they come back and they transition into civilian life and they're over oftentimes overlooked or underpaid or even undervalued. So, so what's, what's interesting is, you know, it's actually hard to get into the military. (laughs) I think, I think people, you know, they might, they might think that you just kind of walk by an office, sign some paperwork and you're in the military and that's not the truth. It's very difficult to get into the military. And then it's also the, the training and everything that you go through to, to serve your country, the, the integration back into whatever, whatever's next, you know, whatever's next for the individuals and their families coming out of that experience. I think making that easier, that transition and that integration easier, I think it's a, a burden that we all should carry uh, and, and probably, probably should do a better job of that. Um, let me ask a, a question around maybe the importance of ERGs uh, or SIGs uh, inside of a company, you know, and again, we can, we can think about Lindmark, but we can also just think more broadly in terms of, I've seen, you know, with my own eyes, I've seen large companies that have great LGBTQ plus communities and uh, great women in tech communities inside of a company. Have you seen, or do you, do you, do you, do you know of like great inside companies, either ERGs or SIGs that, you know, that, that help, you know, that also help make it, make people aware that, yeah, we're, we're here and we care about more people that are veterans coming into the organization. What have you seen on that side? Well, I will tell you, I think a lot of companies have different buddy systems for Mm. um, incoming veterans and veteran spouses and family members. Um, What we do personally here at Lindmark is that we have established a buddy system as well as a veterans forum. Um, What we try to do with our forum is that we meet quarterly to discuss ways that we could support our transitioning um, veterans and all of our veteran and veteran spouse hires. Um, We also have a buddy system where we partner um, new hires, um, well, new veteran hires with um, our current um, veterans in the workforce. We actually have VIPs um, representative from our C-suite all the way down to our more entry-level positions. So I think that many companies could focus more on what they could do, just even acknowledging Military Appreciation Month, mm-hmm. saying thank you on Veterans Day. But to your point you made earlier on, not only giving thanks to the veterans, but including the veteran spouses, as well as the family members that also made the sacrifice. I love this point about the, you you call it a buddy uh, system, but I'm of course thinking about is mentoring and coaching and and training and development, thinking about it in those ways, like what we can do from, from onboarding forward. 
So once we've made the decision to hire, you know, someone, a veteran or a veteran family member, you know, what can we do now to really set them up for success? So what is, you know, what is it going to like thinking, thinking differently, like, okay, this is an employee. Yes. There's a bunch of things that need to be checked off the list. Of course. However, there's also, this is this, this is also another person we need to put them with a buddy, put them with a mentor and then help establish some of that success. Because I'm, I'm thinking about that first 90 days or first, you know, six months or first year for, for some folks and, how hard of an acclimation that could possibly be for someone that, that, you know, that's different lingo. Like, you know, I, I remember when Google released, you know, one of their, one of their things around kind of a resume, you know, word translator for veterans monster had done it uh, years before, but, but it also just, it made me think like, you know, we, we have different lingos. Like we just have, we talk different <laughs> and that's not necessarily a good thing, by the way, but you know, uh, I have friends in, in all, all different branches of the military. And when we talk and they do, when they get going, they just talk in a language I have, I can't keep up with. And I'm sure it's the same way, you know, for corporate people as well. Right. We talk in acronyms and things like that. So I love the fact that you've got a buddy system. Have you, you know, longitudinally, if you, if you can, have you seen that be, and even if it's anecdotal, that's fine. Have you seen that help with the acclimation and success of those employees? Um, I think it has. We have been really fortunate to not experience a ton of turnover when it comes to our VIP hires. Um, and I think that's because they have a day one friend um, and having that mentor or coach or buddy. Um, and, you know, I, I like buddy, right? Um, because oftentimes with um, VIPs that's transitioning, they're able to teach the people that they work with something, right? They're right. able to teach them the discipline and a dedication needed to accomplish goals. Um, so I think with creating the buddy system, it was really intentional. And the intent was for um, our transition veter transitioning veterans to have someone that they could call on um, day one if they felt overwhelmed or if there was something that wasn't translating or if they had questions, it gave them a resource really early on in their introduction to the company. I love that. You, you mentioned, you know, what, what, what HR and TA can do in terms of just being more friendly and, uh, and open is you know, being open-minded, looking at transferable skill sets um, and skills as they related to what they did in the military and what they're, what they're going to do in corporate America or whatever. Um, I'm recently programmed an event for next week. It's a DNI TA event. And, uh, one of the things as I was kind of researching and programming the event, I, I talked to a gal at Ulta, um, a beauty products company. And she, she said, well, William, one of the things we did is we mandated, uh, you know, and if your slate of candidates, you know, whenever your sorcerer and recruiter hands over, you know, slate of candidates to the hiring manager, their magic numbers five. Um, that one out of that five had to be diverse. Define that as you wish. And I have, you know, everybody's going to have a different way of looking at that. But one candidate or the hiring manager couldn't accept the, the slate of candidates. So they did that for a period of time. And, uh, and then they went to two. And they basically said, yeah, two out of five. Hard stop. You can't 
you can't pass over, you know, five pear-shaped middle-aged white guys. Just that we can't do that. So in, in their case, it's actually women because it's heavily, their, their, their uh, demographics is heavily loaded towards women. So it would be a bit different. But even in that sense, it's, they mandated for recruiters and sourcers, you, slate, you hand over a slate of candidates and it's five for them. Two of five have to be diverse. And they saw an increase in diversity hiring by 64%. Just by changing the slate, just by changing the slate of what, what can be accepted by the hiring manager. Um, and we don't, I don't want to dig too, too far into to Lindmark's you know, strategy and things like that. But do you, do, you, do you think that veterans should be, like the, is, that, is that one way that we can think of making, you know, outside of being open-minded and thinking about transferable skills, is that a way that we can kind of get change, make some of the changes that, that are needed to be made by just changing the slate, changing the, you know, the, the, the portion of the slate or the percentages of the slate? Do you, what do you, what's your take on that? I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that organizations need to make a commitment and whatever their commitment Mm. is, whether 5%, 10% of their external hires should be um, veterans or veteran spouses. Um, I know, you know, it depends on the size of the company, you know, to be a a military friendly employer. But I think going away from the title is just the right thing to do. 100%. It's our way of saying thank you. And I will tell you, our CEO, Bobby Aiken, with Limark getting closer and closer to over 400 branches and being in 19 states and looking to expand probably into some other states next year, um, every year we're going to continue to do what we can to support our veterans and their families. We're going to continue to um, commit to hiring hiring 8% or more of our external hires um, be military or military, I mean, veterans or veteran spouses. We're going to continue to say thank you. We're going to continue our commitment with our partners um, to see how we could continue to do our part. I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's interesting because it does kind of map or and track to some of the DNI things that, that, that I see it's, you know, words are great. We've been having, you know, discussions about diversity for 40 years or more. Um, but now I'm starting to see more intentionality and in action and transparency. You know, there's more accountability, there's more transparency. And again, a lot of the folks that I interviewed, they, you know, it's everyone's responsibility. Like it's not just Janet or Jim's responsibility for diversity. <laughs> it's everyone. And that's coming down from the board, the C-suite, from customers, from society. It's just, it's great. We're a hundred years late, but we're here now. And uh, I love the fact that you're doing such a great job uh, with veterans. And again, it is the right thing to do. You know, we could just stop there as it's just morally and ethically, it's just the right thing to do, but y'all are also putting real actions behind it. So, I mean, you could, you know, you know, you, you could put lip service to this and just kind of put out a press release and talk about being friendly but uh, but y'all are actually putting you know you're you're putting energy, people, time, money, and resources behind actually making these things happen. So thank you for doing that. I mean, I I actually appreciate it. I know that 
the veterans that that uh that either you hire or at least got into the process and their families the veteran families i love how you expanded you know our definition our mindset around you know the, there's the gal or the guy that's great but there's also an ecosystem around them that was very supportive so uh sean i just i absolutely love what you're doing and just keep keep it up and keep pushing well, thank you so much, William. We're definitely going to continue our efforts and supporting our VIPs. They're not only VIPs in the light, uh, uh, in the eyes of Landmark, but you know they're VIPs um, in the eyes of our country for all that they have done to serve us. Um, and I'm glad that you had me today. Please think of me for future topics, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.